Welcome everyone to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host Viz from Walking Dead Now. Want to welcome all of you here joining me tonight. Hope you could spend the next hour with us. If you are joining us for the first time and want more information about our show, please visit us on the web at deadtalklive.com. And of course, if you haven't already done so, please visit our YouTube channel, which is called Walking Dead Now, and go ahead and subscribe. And if you're there right now, please hit the thumbs up button on this broadcast if you enjoy it. How is everyone doing tonight? Let me say hello to some of you. We've got a lot of our regulars with us. Khaleesi, Singer Chick is with us. CC Weezy, X Gamer is also with us. Celeste is with us on Facebook. Welcome, Celeste. Let's see who we have on the Instagram side. iCruiser is joining us. Lou337, Giazza, welcome. Uh, Marie is moderating on Instagram. Ale is with us. So, uh, like I said, I hope everyone's enjoying their evening. Uh, reminder tomorrow, guys, big interview. We have Eleanor Matsura, who plays Yumiko on The Walking Dead. She is going to be our live guest right here at Dead Talk Live. We are starting tomorrow's show five hours earlier because Eleanor is in London. And to accommodate the time difference, so it works for everyone, the show is going to be starting at 4.30 p.m. Eastern United States time. And that is 9.30 p.m. in London, which is where Eleanor is at the moment. So don't forget, five hours earlier tomorrow, it's going to be an amazing interview with uh, Eleanor, who, like I said, plays Yumiko on The Walking Dead. You are not going to want to miss it. If you are not able to catch the live stream tomorrow, as always, with every one of our broadcasts, you can go back to YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter and rewatch any of our shows and any of our featured interviews. So that's what's happening tomorrow. And we're all very excited about that. I know I am. Uh, let's see. AJ is with us on YouTube. Welcome. Summer is joining us, saying it's going to be 3.30 her time. That's right. She is in the Midwest of the United States. Anna Shields is with us on Facebook as well as is Loda. Welcome to all you guys. Uh, hello to Khaleesi. So let's get on to some news. I don't know if you guys saw the uh, virtual roundtable reading that AMC released of uh, the cast members uh, preparing for an upcoming episode that's called Home Sweet Home. We're assuming this is one of the six episodes we're going to be getting in early 2021 it was really cool uh i don't know how if this is the first time uh the actors got to do this thing virtually but they decided to share a minute of that with us and it was really fascinating uh all the characters set up on the screen right there from their homes uh and they're doing this table read uh, you know, Lauren Cohen was there, J.D. Morgan, Melissa, McBl uh, Melissa McBride, Kaylee Fleming, Kari Payton was there, uh, Norman Reedus was there, and I also posted that to our social media as well, so you guys can check it out if you haven't already done so. 
it was really awesome. And I think it's so cool to see them, uh, you know, we get to see so many clips from whatever your favorite TV show is and beyond, you know, The Walking Dead, whether it's that, Game of Thrones, whatever your show is. If you go to YouTube and you search for table reads, you could see a table reading from almost any one of your favorite shows. And I know I posted a, uh, a full 20-minute one from the season 10 premiere of The Walking Dead uh, several months ago as well. And that's a huge hit. People love to see it. I love to watch it. But anyway, in this virtual table read where the actors were rehearsing their lines, which they do before every episode, uh, we did get to find out the name of the masked person, the masked ninja person that is accompanying Maggie. So there's an article about it. So I'm going to go ahead and read that out to you guys. And it does reveal his name. So let's start. Well, The Walking Dead proper may have given way to World Beyond and Fear the Walking Dead, but the show is already promoting its upcoming string of six season 11 episodes. And it's funny, depending on which article you read, they're calling it either season 11 episodes or season 10 episodes. The way I see it, guys, it's neither. It's six extra episodes that are being presented to us between season 10 and season 11. They neither belong to season 11 nor season 10. They're just six bonus episodes that we're getting. Anyway, uh, the six uh, season 11 episodes that were crafted with COVID filming precautions in mind, which will debut before the rest of the hugely expanded final season. Yesterday, The Walking Dead posted a table read between a bunch of the cast members for part of Home Sweet Home. That is what the episode is going to be called, one of the six episodes. As it turns out, there will not all be flashback episodes as the way some were predicting. And at least this one takes place after the events of the season 10 finale. Two important things happen in this short sequence. One, they named a masked stranger who arrived with Maggie. Uh, two, we see Maggie confront Negan for the first time since coming back. So fan theories have been more or less shattered as the masked stranger has been identified as Elijah, someone that Maggie found on her travels, and she also mentions a community they found that they needed help. And it shatters a lot of other fan opinions. It goes right along with what I've been saying, guys. That masked person is somebody completely new. And I've been saying this since the start of Dead Talk Live. Uh, we heard a whole bunch of wild theories from Dwayne to Connie to even Maggie about who's behind that mask. And just like I said, it is a brand new character. And don't be surprised if we go through the rest of the, you know, the rest of these next uh, two years and that guy never takes his mask off once. Because at, at this point, it's irrelevant. Whether we get to see his face or not, 
Is it really relevant to the storyline? I don't think so. Uh, it could go either way. We could see who he is or we may not. But that's his name. Uh, you know, his name is uh, Elijah. And it goes on to say, I'm guessing that he does talk, but this shoots down all the theories that he is secretly Heath or a Fear of the Walking Dead cast member. And more than likely, he is just an entirely new character that we're going to have to learn about as time goes on. I really thought <clears throat> it was going to be a woman, but I'm certainly curious to figure out what the deal is with this whole mask situation. Uh, and whoever it was, uh, based on that scene in the finale, where the masked person is standing right next to Maggie, uh, it's not a big dude. It's not a big guy. In fact, I even stated from the trailers before we saw the finale that I thought it was a woman. Uh, but his name is Elijah. So it's a man. Uh, but he's not a big dude. In fact, when he was standing next to Maggie, if I'm remembering correctly, he was shorter than Maggie. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, it also goes on to say, past that, we see Maggie confront Negan, who relays that he did not escape from the prison. And then Carol tells her that she's the one who let him out and turned him into a double agent, which led to their ultimate victory over the Whisperers. Even though that is not exactly what Carol had in mind when she let Negan out, Oh, she had tunnel vision. She, she just wanted Alpha's head. Maggie does not seem terribly amused by all this, but nor has she flown into a rage or anything. As you recall, we already had a Maggie-Negan confrontation when he was in the prison before she left, and all of this was five to six years ago now. It also seems like Herschel is not coming back to the show who would now be an older child, presumably staying back wherever Maggie came from. Now, they're making a big assumption there uh, from a one-minute portion of a table read. Nowhere in there does it say that we are never going to see Herschel. Uh, it, it is sort of hinted that he's not presently with Maggie, but them saying that Herschel is never coming on to the show, I don't think that's what's going to happen. We are going to see Herschel. I think Herschel Jr. is going to play a big role in the episodes to come. He may not be in those six extra episodes that we're getting in early 21, but I think we are going to meet Herschel Jr. Uh, it also goes on to say, though it does strike me as weird... You would leave your little kid somewhere in a dangerous apocalypse, no matter where it was. I guess Maggie knew she was going to war, but maybe now she can go back and get Herschel later, which makes a lot more sense. I was hoping that we were going to get a Maggie flashback episode that explained more about where she's been and who this Elijah is and such. I still do think we are going to get a Maggie flashback, whether it's in this Home Sweet Home episode 
or the one after or whichever, I think in at least one of these six extra episodes, which seem more and more, it's going to be really focused around Lauren Cohen and her character Maggie that, you know, yeah, we're going to get a present time, uh, you know, what's going on after the Whisperer War. You know, that was very evident from the table read that we saw. But I also do believe we are also going to get flashbacks as to what exactly Maggie has been up to. And I'm willing to bet we're going to get a whole episode based on Maggie's time on the road with Georgie. Uh, I'm wondering if they're going to bring Georgie back. Uh, you know, the actress who plays Georgie is so huge and famous and has been on so many shows. Uh, I wish they bring her back because just having an actor of that caliber on the show only makes it better. Um, anyway, wrapping the article up, it says this seems like the perfect time to do that. Maybe that's still happening and we just haven't previewed it yet. But it would be almost criminal if they didn't dive into where she's been in the past few years. So we'll just have to wait and see. So there you guys have it on that. Uh, Standing Goal on Instagram writes, Would be cool if Elijah was played by Ray Park, a.k.a. Darth Maul. There's an interesting selection right there. Uh... Uh, let's see, uh, oh, a lot of people have joined us on Instagram, uh, scrolling up, welcome to all the new people who have just joined us on Instagram, let's see what's going on on the other side, on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, uh, Summer writes, uh, if we all think Maggie's gonna forgive Negan, I don't know if forgive is the right word, I think she'll find a way to get past it she has to uh remember lauren cohen has come out and said that the maggie we're gonna see coming is not the same maggie that we last saw in season nine so she's changed and whatever she came across in her travels has made her grow up not that she you know was immature or anything beforehand but she has changed and how we don't know exactly yet we have to wait and find out Anna Shields on Facebook saw the table read and says she loved it. Uh, Nikki on Facebook writes, I think Maggie will use Negan for getting him uh, for that, for what he did. No. Uh, AJ on YouTube writes, I think Maggie will try to kill Negan. I don't think so. I think we're past that. She had her chance back in season nine. She didn't take it. I don't think Maggie's going to try to kill Negan. I just don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Nikki is joining us from Mexico. Welcome. Uh, so let's see what else you guys are saying. A lot of people are agreeing with Summer. Uh, AJ is asking, is he in the comics? The masked person? No, I don't believe he is a comic. He's in the comics. And you say he's probably a woman. I don't think he's a woman with a name like Elijah. Uh, I don't think so. Sylvia is with us on Facebook. Uh, Summer writes, maybe he's a kid. Could be. Maybe he's just a very skilled kid growing up in the apocalypse in his late teens that, you know, had a mentor like Morgan did. 
Uh, you know, Morgan didn't know Aikido, and he learned it in the apocalypse, and he's become pretty damn good at it. Uh, so, so AJ's also asking Herschel from season two. No, no. Maggie named her son after her father, Herschel. So we're talking about Maggie uh, Herschel Jr., not Herschel Sr., who was played by the late Scott Wilson. May he rest in peace. Brilliant actor. Jackie is with us on Facebook saying thank you for brightening our lives during this pandemic. And you all take care of yourselves. Love you. And then hello to Daryl. Thank you for being with us, Jackie. Hard Productions has just joined us on YouTube as well. So uh, OJ is also waving at us on Instagram. So let's move on to the next thing that we have. This next article is titled The Walking Dead Season 10 Commonwealth Soldiers Explained. Let's see how they explain the Commonwealth Soldiers. The Walking Dead returned for a single episode, which was originally to be aired uh, several months ago, called A Certain Doom. We know all that. Towards the end of the episode, Eugene, Yumiko, who's our guest tomorrow, Ezekiel, and Princess encounter a group of heavily armored and armed soldiers that order them to drop their weapons. Given that this is the zombie apocalypse and nobody on their show has done their laundry in what seems like a decade, the pristine white armor of the soldiers stands out in a major way, and it should. The soldiers are actually pulled right from the comics and are likely setting the stage for the next major villain on the show. Now that the Whisperers are dead and buried, the Commonwealth in the comics were neither villains nor good people. It's a large group consisting of 50,000 people. Not everybody gets along, I'm sure, within the Commonwealth. I know they don't get along because it's they're totally based on a class system. So calling them all villains is not accurate. Uh, this troop represents a group called the Commonwealth, which was first introduced in issue 175 of the comics. Now in the comics, the Commonwealth is a community of 50,000 survivors spread across different settlements, all under the leadership of Governor Pamela Milton. It reminds it remains to be seen how closely this show will stick to the comic book version of the Commonwealth, but they are a formidable foe for the final season of The Walking Dead. Notably in the comics, it's the introduction of the Commonwealth that ultimately leads to the death of Rick Grimes. And of course, on the TV show, with the introduction of the CRM, which we just found out this past weekend, is at least 200,000 strong. That is going to throw a wrench into how the comic books played out. Goes on to say, of course, with uh, Rick, played by Andrew Lincoln, already off the show, some major changes are going to have to be made with the end of The Walking Dead in sight, though it's appropriate that the last major comic book villain, it's making its way to the TV series. 
The Walking Dead will return for six more episodes in season 10. You see in this article, it's season 10. In the previous article, it was season 11. Uh, sometime in early 21. Now, we've talked about those uniforms. Uh, I think they're really cool. Of course, when you see them and if you watched Star Wars, the first thing that comes to mind is, oh my God, the stormtroopers are in the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> but as I mentioned in a previous episode, if you look closely enough uh, when the uh, in the episode, uh, I mentioned this earlier that it looks more like laser tag type of like a laser tag type of an outfit that you would put on uh yeah it's going to protect you from maybe a zombie bite a walker bite but i do not think that they're bulletproof they are head to toe for more for the protection from the dead rather than the living but they all have weapons they look like they're not short on ammunition so it's a very cohesive unified militia that the commonwealth has and i'm just dying to find out the variants they put into play on the tv show compared to the commonwealth that was displayed in the comic books so we just have to wait and see Lindsay writes hey viz just wanted to say that i love dead talk live and look forward to it every night best part of my night thank you so much Lindsay. that means a lot to us and we love having you with us every night so it's a pleasure having you here with us uh khaleesi writes did i see the article about another spinoff uh well there are so many spinoffs and unless it's an official announcement from amc you guys you gotta remember even the articles that i read here i always say the big disclaimer you always take this with a grain of salt okay unless it's an official release uh from amc or comes comes out of the mouth of the production team of the walking dead a lot of this is all speculation okay People love to write their theories and speculate on them. I love reading them to you uh, and because I like to give everyone's opinion a fair shot. And as you've seen me do in the past, if the article just crosses the line of just pure ridiculousness, I will stop reading it right then and there and skip it. But, you know, I love to share different points of view, what different uh, media outlets are writing about the show and of course we do get little bits of information but you always got to keep in mind this is not fact uh unless we unless the announcement comes from amc themselves or from one of the producers of the show it's not fact it's a lot of theory and uh so on they address fan theories in regards to the masked ninja person in this article that we just read, they addressed the whole uh, uh, uniforms of the, uh, the Commonwealth militia and so on. So about another spinoff, the only spinoffs that we know are coming from The Walking Dead. Are, well, we already have Fear of the Walking Dead, which is amazing this season. I know we're only two episodes in, but it's absolutely phenomenal. 
We have World Beyond that started three weeks ago, which is very good, very interesting. Uh, it keeps us wanting to come back next week to see how the story unfolds. Um, and then we know about the spinoffs that are coming after 2022 when The Walking Dead original airs its final episode. Daryl and Carol are getting their own spinoff as well as I'm sure some other characters are going to be crossing over from the show that we know or have not even met yet. Uh, we're getting Tales of the Walking Dead, which I'm really fascinated by. It's an anthology uh, series. And what that means, again, is every episode is going to be a story on itself. It's going to have a, just like a movie, it's going to have a beginning, middle, and end. And it's going to end in one episode. And then the next episode, they're going to tackle a completely different story. So I'm really looking forward to that because there is over 10 years worth of material. And the backstories they can tell, the present stories they can tell, future stories they can tell is endless. There is definitely, I mean, the writers must be loving this uh, once the Tales of the Walking Dead got the green light to move forward. Uh, I mean, they just must absolutely be loving it and the endless possibilities that it's going to present in the, for the writers themselves. Lisa on Facebook writes, Hey, Viz, this one is for you. Have you ever visited Sonoy, Georgia? No, I have not. I have not visited Sonoy, Georgia, which, of course, is where The Walking Dead is shot. And unless I get some kind of official invitation, but with the pandemic raging and, you know, even them keeping, you know, instituting very strict COVID measures for the cast and crew on the set. I doubt that's going to happen anytime soon, but maybe someday, you know, it'll happen and I will more than love to go down to Sonoya and see the set, see where they filmed The Walking Dead. Uh, World Beyond is filmed just two hours south of me in Richmond, Virginia. So, again, every, every location has its strict new measures to keep everyone safe in regards to the COVID pandemic. And Fear the Walking Dead is filmed in Texas. So, three different shows that we have right now, all filmed in three different locations. Fear is in Texas. Of course, The Walking Dead is in Georgia. And World Beyond is in Virginia. So, we'll see. Benjamin wants to know on Facebook, when is The Walking Dead coming on Netflix? Uh, the Walking Dead is supposed to come on Netflix this month. Season 10 of The Walking Dead, at least in the United States, is supposed to be released in October. That's what we read uh, like two months ago, just you know, a while before the finale aired. And as we're already into the 20th of October, more than likely, it would not surprise me 
if they release uh, season 10 of The Walking Dead on Netflix on Halloween. That would be really cool to release uh, season 10 of The Walking Dead on Netflix on Halloween. That would be an awesome Halloween gift, and it's only 11 days away. Uh, Now, of course, with Netflix, it depends on which country you're in. We have viewers spread out all across the world, and I don't know if that date uh, applies to wherever you are. We just have to wait and see. And the way Netflix does it, is they usually won't give us any kind of advance notice. You'll just turn on Netflix one day, and you'll see that season 10 of The Walking Dead is now available for you. And I do believe it's coming out this month. And for me, it makes sense that it's going to be on Halloween day. You know, I think it'd be a great way to introduce season 10. Uh, Let's see. Daniel on YouTube writes, Fear the Walking Dead is filmed three hours away from where I live. That's pretty cool, Daniel. That's awesome. I'm assuming you're somewhere near the in the Texas area. Uh, Corey is with us. Hello, Corey. Uh, so let's see, on Instagram, uh, Thou wants to know the Walking Dead next episode release date. We do not know. It's gonna be an early 21. All right, moving on to the next thing here. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead's Colby Minifee on the end is the beginning group. That is the graffiti group that was graffitiing a submarine in the season premiere of season six that we saw two weeks ago on Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, so here's what this article have to say, has to say. After setting Virginia up with the disappointing news that Morgan survived, her multiple attempts to take him out, Fear the Walking Dead gave viewers a better look into the female villain's mindset with episode two, Welcome to the Club. Rather surprisingly, her plan has seemingly become to turn Strand into a leader of a Morgan hunting army after she witnessed the way he handled that sticky batch of molasses walkers. Virginia even gave Strand one of those keys that first came up in season six. Now, the key that they wear indicates that you are a ranger of some sorts in her pioneers. But for Strand, it looks like Virginia is actually giving him um, more power than just a regular ranger. She's probably going to give him a group of men. Now, this article is making an assumption that she is going to put Strand in charge of finding Morgan. From my point of view, if I was Virginia, that would be the last person I would put in charge of hunting down Morgan. Uh, It's a stupid move, and I really don't see that happening. She has some other plans for Strand. What exactly they are, we have to wait and find out. During a recent Fear of the Walking Dead press conference, uh, Colby, Maggie Grace, uh, who plays Al, Coleman Domingo, who plays uh, Strand, and Alicia, Debnam Carey, who plays Alicia, spoke with uh, Cinema Blend and other outlets about the early days 
of season six and what fans can expect from the future when I asked about Virginia's somewhat strange usage of physical keys while acting out plans to find the metaphorical keys to her group survival, here's what Minifee had to say. <clears throat> Excuse me. The keys are Virginia's way of putting a gold star on her favorite people. I think it's a form of how she keeps the power structure in her communities. She plays favorites and she issues her favorite keys. Now, fans probably could have surmised the detail just from watching episode two and picking up on the context clues, such as Virginia and all of her pioneer pals proudly boasting their special keys on their shirts, not to mention Strand earning one of those for his work in taking out the ooey-gooeyest zombie herd of the post-apocalypse, the ones that were soaked head-to-toe in molasses. But to have it confirmed that the keys are specifically Virginia's Gold Star reward system offers up additional insights beyond what was shown in the episode. For one, the keys represent Virginia's lingering sense of humanity and her particular brand of hierarchy living. Sorry about that, got a little tongue twisted. Which is definitely unlike most of the villain view- villains viewers have seen before in this dead series universe. As well, she is obviously protective and impulsive, when it comes to her sister Dakota, who serves as another source of vulnerability. And we definitely saw that when uh, Dakota went missing and we saw Dakota and Virginia on the screen together for the first time. Dakota obviously does not agree with what her sister is doing. She is going to be a key to defeating Virginia. Uh, Virginia does love her and... Therefore, Dakota is Virginia's probably, probably Virginia's biggest weakness. Thus, Virginia's not a complete anarchist. She's not a full-on tyrant, and she clearly views people as more than just sheep or machines, as opposed to another very well-known villain to us, and that would be Negan back in season seven and eight. He was a uh, anarchist. He was a full-on tyrant without any question. He viewed human beings as a resource uh, for him. So that's what that's where they're trying to draw the distinction between Virginia and Negan. Uh, so let's see how that actually plays out. That said, she doesn't view them as free in most cases, and takes pleasure in ruling over her worker communities, which is where she certainly falls short of becoming a traditional protagonist. Nobody is out of the woods yet, of course, but combined with the key serving as a measured look into how Virginia thinks, her single-minded plan to target Morgan will likely allow for Strand Daniel, and others to figure out a way to take her down from within. 
Not, not that Colby Minifee's Virginia is the only threat that Morgan and others have to worry about in season six. The premiere episode also introduced a particular duo who spray-painted message, quote, the end is the beginning, end quote, served as the installment's title. While it wasn't necessarily clear if those characters were meant to be good or bad, so to speak, Colby Minifee's limited insight makes them sound quite menacing indeed. Here's how she put it. In terms of the end is the beginning, I can't say much, but I can say they scare the shit out of Virginia as she's laughing. Of course, it's entirely possible that Virginia would be just as scared of a group of so-called heroes as she would a group of foes even more depraved than she is. For all we know at the moment, those and is the beginning dudes might have very well been uh, Morgan's saving grace by the time the first half of season six comes to a close. I mean, it probably won't happen that way, but it could. However it goes, I do hope that the fans get to see Virginia getting the shit scared out of her, since that would be an intriguing visual. Uh, and like I said, we don't know who those dudes are who were spray-painting the submarine. We do know there is a significance to that key that uh, we saw in the premiere episode of season six uh, that Isaac had on him. And by the, by the way, Isaac, who was in the premiere episode of season six of Fear of the Walking Dead, played by Michael Abbott Jr., will also be our special guest on October 27th, on right here on Dead Talk Live. And I'm really looking forward to having Michael on as he's going to give us that insight on that amazing season premiere that was directed by Michael Satrazimus. And we saw brilliant performances by Lenny James, who plays Morgan. Of course, Michael, who plays Isaac. That was an epic premiere. So we're going to be, have, we're going to be having... Michael Abbott, who played Isaac in that premiere episode with us. And going back to that whole key, uh, don't forget, guys, we're meeting another group of people in fear that we've seen in the trailers. It's those guys wearing that white pale mask. Uh, it looks like they are not on Virginia's side. Uh, it probably is a group of people that does scare Virginia. And you know the saying, the, uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And I do see, maybe not initially at first, because one of the trailers, one of the preview pictures we see is one of those masked people holding Al at gunpoint. So I'm sure they're going to start out as foes, but they're going to realize that they do have something in common, and that is to take down Virginia. So I really do see them working together, uh, those white masked people uh, working with Morgan and all of the survivors that we know that are inside Virginia's camp right now teaming up to take down Virginia. That's all theory, but we have to wait and see how it all plays out. 
but it's all very, very fascinating. Uh, Shirish is with us on Instagram from India. Says, I got to know about this series last month, and it took me one week to complete all the series. Since then, I keep dreaming about The Walking Dead. Wow, you binge-watched the entire 10 seasons in one week? Wow, that is a binge session right there. That's a lot of freaking episodes. Um, So, anyway, welcome to all the new people who have joined us on Instagram. Uh, Just going through the chats here. Uh, Sub on Instagram writes, looks like I need to watch Fear Now too." Sounds really interesting. Yeah, Fear has become an amazing show. Uh, There are mixed reactions to the earlier seasons. Uh, It gets a lot better in seasons four and five. And this current season, season six, is absolutely amazing. So, yeah, if you guys have not watched Fear yet or you started and stopped, I highly recommend you guys go back, catch up. And start watching season six. Khaleesi writes, I got bad vibes on those two guys. Yeah, I don't know what to make of them. Lindsay on Facebook writes, I don't think Virginia is as bad as the governor. No one is as bad as the governor. I don't think we're going to meet anyone who is as evil as the governor was in seasons three and four of The Walking Dead. He was just pure evil. No conscious, nothing. So, now here's an article that, you know, take it for what it's worth, but it says that Michael Rooker, who played Merle, uh, has zero interest for returning in a Tales of the Walking Dead episode. So, let's go ahead and read what it says before, you know, we say anything. The upcoming spinoff series, Tales of the Walking Dead, will bring back characters from the past for a special one-off episodes, but don't count on seeing Michael Rooker return as Merle Dixon. Although The Walking Dead will end in 2022 after a supersized 11th season that is going to be spread over two years, the universe will expand by way of multiple spin-off series. What we know about Tales of The Walking Dead is that it will follow a new story in every episode, opening the door for any character from previous seasons to appear for a prequel story that is set in the past. One of the biggest names that is being thrown around is Stephen Yen, and it looks like we there's a good chance we might get to see Glenn back in the Tales of the Walking Dead which I know we're all really super excited about. At the start of The Walking Dead, Michael Rooker served as one of the series' earliest villains as Merle Dixon. Rooker clashed with Rick Grimes in Season 1 after getting a knife for a hand and teaming up with the governor in Woodbury. Merle and Rick's group would square off again in the third season after switching sides and joining his brother, Daryl. In Rick's group, Merle sacrificed himself in an attempt to stop the governor from carrying out his assault on the prison. So, in the end, Merle did, you know, 
try to redeem himself. The governor shot him, as if we, you know, as we all remember, left him to turn and for his brother to find. Although Merle Dixon left the series a bit too soon, the way he went brought about a satisfying end for the character. Rooker seems to agree, and as revealed in a video interview with ComicBook.com, the actor says he would not be interested in revisiting Merle's story. Actually, I'm not interested in doing a one-off. I wouldn't be interested in that. I wish them all the luck in the world, and I love the story. That's why I wanted to do it in the beginning. But I think Merle had a great send-off as well. I don't know what we could have done to make it any better. With Merle getting proper closure and without any way to really continue the character's development in a meaningful way, Rooker appears to have long moved on from The Walking Dead. This doesn't mean we still won't see him in the midst of another kind of savage apocalypse. He can now be seen in the new uh, post-apocalyptic adventure movie, Love and Monsters, by director Michael Matthews. Instead of zombies, the world is overrun by animals transformed into large monsters. That sounds interesting. Dylan O'Brien, Ariana Greenblatt, and Jessica Henwick also co-star. Meanwhile, Merle's younger brother, Daryl, is still going as strong as ever on The Walking Dead, the announcement of Norman Reedus getting a new spin-off series alongside Melissa McBride as Carol, essentially confirms that both characters will survive beyond the 11th and final season of The Walking Dead. Though Merle has now been dead for many years, he still gets the occasional reference from his brother, keeping him around in some small way. John Carroll Lynch as Eastman and Michael Cudlitz as Abraham Ford have also come up as rumored possibilities for dead characters to be featured on Tales of the Walking Dead. Certainly other popular characters like Glenn, played by Stephen Yen and Carl, played by Chandler Riggs, are also possibilities. It's not yet clear when Tales of the Walking Dead will air. This news comes to us from comicbook.com. So what do you guys think about that? I mean, I agree with it. Uh, Merle, Merle's character, it came to a satisfying end. There's a lot of us out there, I know from, you know, all of us talking every night, that wish uh, Merle could have stayed on a little bit longer. We did see the good in Merle come back a little bit just before he was killed by the governor, which is why the governor killed him. Uh, but I agree with Michael Rooker. A one-off episode with just Merle, yeah, I think we would love to see it, but I totally see what he's trying to say. There's, you can't really do much in, in one episode that's going to really expand on such a complicated character as Merle Dixon. So I totally see his point of view on that. And I see you guys are talking about the monster shows. Uh, some of you have watched it. And uh, you, you say you love it. I'm going to have to check it out. 
Uh, CC Weezy says, I've seen Love and Monsters. It's pretty good. I'm a big Michael Rooker fan. Uh, the guy's a legend. And I think I'm going to check that out as well. XTY on Instagram says, is giving us a thumbs up. Goldie says, love to see you. Thank you, Goldie. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Khalid is with us on Instagram as well. Welcome, Khalid. Um, Jurish uh, is also, like I mentioned earlier, with us. Love the floating love hearts, guys, on Instagram. Uh, Mar Maria says, I love you, The Walking Dead. Thank you for joining us tonight, Maria. It's great to have you with us. So... On this final article, and I can't believe, I guess there was a lot of uh, news today. We're 50 minutes into the show. We were supposed to talk about uh, hero deaths tonight on the show. But it looks like we're not going to have enough time to do that tonight. So we are going to push tonight's topic, uh, hero deaths on The Walking Dead, to a later date. Don't worry, you won't miss it. We set up a lot of great... Uh, info we'll just pick it up and uh, do it on a later date uh, singer chick on youtube writes yep once we know too where they are headed there's just not very far they can take it all right so this last article is titled the walking dead villain that fans find sympathetic this ought to be interesting with AMC The Walking Dead on the brink of completing its 11th season run in 2021, actually that's not true, the 11th season run is ending in 2022, not 2021, like they stated here. Fans new and old are taking some time to re revisit the many, many episodes of the generation-defining show. Over the years, the series has its ups and downs story-wise, with plenty for viewers to praise and criticize throughout, criticize throughout. However, its dedication to building truly engaging characters is one of the strongest aspects of The Walking Dead and has been since the very beginning. Whether they're the heroes or the villains, nearly everyone who had some stake in the story got proper expansion and gave viewers a reason to buy into them. The likes of Rick Grimes and Maggie Green will live on in pop culture after the credits roll on the series finale, as will their many adversaries. David Morrissey's The Governor and Samantha Morton's Alpha were built up as legitimate threats to the heroes, solidifying their status as some of television's most dastardly bad guys. Could not have said it better myself. Of course, all four of these names are main characters, so of course, they are very well developed. That isn't to say their supporting castmates didn't leave a mark on the Walking Dead fandom as well. Recently, a poll set up by a user asked fans who they considered the Walking Dead's most sympathetic villain here's the bad guy who won out and the rationale for for why they were so pitied dwight never wanted to be a bad guy uh he played by, played of course by austin emilio was a fairly 
minor antagonist throughout The Walking Dead six and seven seasons. And Dwight, he was not a bad guy by choice. Dwight, when we first met him, was just a very confused character. He had the right idea when we first meet him in the woods with his wife Sherry and his sister-in-law. They wanted to run away from Negan. But somewhere in that very short time span, when they saw they were being chased uh, after and hunted down by Negan, you know, Daryl offered them to take him back to Alexandria. But they just changed their minds right then and there, saying what we're trying to do is basically impossible. We are never going to be able to get away from Negan. So they turn on Daryl, and they take his bike and go back to the sanctuary. They pay the price. Uh, Negan takes Sherry as his wife. And, of course, we all know what happens to Dwight. He gets a hot iron to the face, leaving him permanently scarred. Uh, So I guess that is the most sympathetic villain uh, to what the people on this poll voted as being number one. I never really saw Dwight as a villain. Uh, Lincoln on Discord of who is on YouTube, says, because Shane also never wanted to be the bad guy, and I feel like he turned to a bad guy because the guilt of doing things with Laurie and killing Otis, the guilt just ate him up. And I agree with you. Shane was not a bad guy. I have no doubt in my mind that even when he was pointing a gun to Rick's face at the end of season two, uh... He still loved him, but he just got so twisted up after getting involved with Laurie, really truly believing that Rick was dead, uh, feeling that there was no way he could have survived in the hospital after he had to run away because the military was coming in and basically killing every living person in that hospital. He did his best to try to secure Rick, by putting that gurney in front of his door so at least the walkers cannot get in if the hospital is overrun. So he leaves and he goes and he grabs Laurie and Carl and he leads them to safety. Uh, And he was genuinely happy when he saw Rick show up alive. I mean, the look is right there on John Barenthal's face, who played Shane. Uh, when Rick shows up and at the camp and Shane sees him for the first time, that look on his face is not a look of, oh, damn, you're back. No, he was happy that his friend was alive, at least for a second. And then once he saw Rick and Laurie embrace and Carl, his son, running up to his dad, Rick, he's like, oh, man, I just lost him. And he tried to make it work. He did aim his gun at Rick in season one. And Dale caught him. And Dale was on to him uh, from that moment on. Knew that he was hanging by the knife's edge, if you want to say. by He was 
trying to hold on. And it was a very delicate balance for Shane. But he was a very conflicted character. And season two comes along. He does not agree with how, with what decisions Rick is making for the group. We see him go ballistic on Herschel, keeping the walkers in the barn, which I don't blame uh, Shane for one bit. I would have done the exact same thing as him, uh, opening up that barn door, and because there was no other way to get it through Herschel's head that these people are not just sick. These people are dead. And it took Shane taking some drastic measures that Rick was not willing to take at the time. But Shane stepped up and he took him to get Herschel to see the dead for what they are. And that's dead. Yeah, they're walking around, but they're dead. And then he got twisted. You know, he shot Otis. And for me, when he shot Otis, that was the point of no return for Shane. Uh, at that point, remember, he got back to the farm. That's when he shaved his head. Uh, cut off all his hair. So, not only is him shooting Otis, sort of like the metaphorical line that he crossed, and there's no going back. When he got back to the farm, and when he shaved his head, uh, we saw the physical change that he took upon himself, saying that this is the new me, all right? This is who I am right now, and I'm going to embrace it. That's how I describe Shane. Anyway, guys, we are out of time for tonight. Uh, ADO is waving at us on Instagram. Uh, Princess Star is with us, saying she's on Season 7 on Netflix. It's good to see you back here, Princess Star. Uh, I want to thank all you guys for joining me tonight. Don't miss our interview tomorrow. If you cannot make it live, please watch the replay. The live show is going to start at 4.30 p.m. Eastern United States time. So wherever you are in the world, look up the time difference. If you do want to catch it live, you do still have a little bit of time to go to our website, deadtalklive.com, and submit your questions for Eleanor Matsura, who plays Yumiko, who's going to be our special guest tomorrow. That time is running out, and as I, as I always say, it's amazing to me how after we have a guest interview, that during the live interview is when people go to the website to submit questions. I'm sorry, but that, that submission form is for before the guest comes on. It's not checked during the show. That submission form for questions is to send in your questions ahead of time for any one of our guests. So visit our website, deadtalklive.com to submit your questions, see all of our upcoming guests. More guests are gonna be announced in the days to come. Visit us on YouTube. Our channel's name is called Walking Dead Now. Tomorrow's show starts at 4.30. We're all super excited about it. It's gonna be a fascinating talk with uh, Yumiko, played by Eleanor Matsura. Make sure you tune in. Until then, guys, stay safe. I'll be back on the air tomorrow afternoon. Stay walking.